Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for the first episode of Week 18, uh, coming at you from February 13th of 2023. Uh, I'm your host, Karsten, and since it's a Monday, I'm once again joined by my Monday co-host and good friend, Wyatt. Uh, how, how are you doing today, Wyatt? I'm doing pretty good, Karsten. I went snowboarding on Saturday for the first time in like 10 years, so... There you go. Actually, probably longer than that. So it was fun. <laughs> Very nice. That's something I've always been interested to try. Um, have you ever tried skiing or? I did a little cross country skiing in high school, just like two or three times. But okay, because yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> I I haven't done either, and I'm you know curious which one would be best to try first. What What are your recommendations? I hear that skiing is easier to start with but harder to master and snowboarding takes a little bit longer to get going but then you know you kind of progress faster gotcha very good i don't know write that down i'll keep that in mind as i'm making some plans maybe for next winter but and uh, i i cannot verify that i right right i don't know anything about it other than hearsay you know (laughs) fair enough i will i will keep that in consideration but um (laughs) Like I said, probably more of a, a next winter thing. Let's focus on this winter, though, as we're getting close to kind of springtime a little bit. You know, we still got a little ways to go, but we're we're getting towards the end of the NBA calendar itself. Week 18, we're more than halfway through. Um, by the time uh, All-Star Weekend comes, which is this very weekend, uh, teams will have played more than 50 games. And so, well, on our way to, you know, that last quarter of the season and really into the playoff picture. But, uh, you know, we're, we're coming up in the all-star weekend. That's of course the exciting thing, but, uh, let's first focus on this last weekend's action and, uh, we'll do our normal thing as far as the quote unquote five on five drill. Basically, you know, there's a ton of games from any given weekend of NBA action. We don't want to run through every single game. We did that in the early episodes of the podcast, but we figured it's better to focus on, uh, a select few specifically five games from the weekend talk about those a little more in depth and then give you some uh, we call them six men they're kind of those little bonus nuggets from individual games outside of those five that we focus on uh so let's go ahead and dive right into it the first game i picked kind of a surprise exciting affair in some senses the detroit pistons win a uh quote unquote marathon that's the way the nba refers to it but yeah double overtime affair at home against the san antonio spurs 138 to 131 you know these are teams that are not very high on either of our power rankings they're struggling teams they're rebuilding teams but you know sometimes you know they're teams that are very evenly matched and you get some really exciting affairs from this uh two overtimes as i said it was um Pretty back and forth, especially in that second half and uh, fourth quarter onward. For the uh, the Spurs, visiting Spurs, Zach Collins stepped up, getting the start in place of the recently traded Jakob Pertl. He had 29 points, 11 rebounds. Huge game for him. Easily his best game of the season, I would say. Uh, Malachi Branham getting a start. He's had 27 points. He's been strong for them lately. They also got 31 off the bench from recent acquisition, Devontae Graham. Uh, meanwhile, for the Pistons, it was Boyan Bogdanovich with 32 points. He's their leading scorer this season, and he did it again this game. Jalen Duran starting at 30 points, 17 rebounds, and four blocks. Uh, I've kind of been waxing on about the whole Jalen Duran being the future at center for the Pistons and being confused about the James Wiseman trade, and Duran making me look good here with that, that kind of a game. 
Um, they also got four other double-figure scoring performances in this game, and, and they're able to get that win. Um, real quick, Wyatt, any additional thoughts on this Pistons-Spurs game? Are you kind of surprised to see a game like that come from those two teams? I mean, I feel like they're decently, like, kind of evenly matched, you know, both at the bottom of our power rankings, like you mentioned. So it's not super surprising, but um, – I'm glad to glad to see it, you know, give give your fans at least a good game to watch, even if your season's not turning out like you hoped it would. And as a as a Spurs fan, you know, I like to see that happening, too. Right. No, that's fair. Um, I'll also ask you, and I might be putting you on the spot a little bit if you're still kind of getting to know some of these guys, Jalen Duran, who's their rookie center, who they drafted. And then they also just recently acquired. Uh, James Wiseman, who's a third-year center. He was with the Warriors. Um, you know, those are two pretty highly touted prospects. Wiseman was a higher pick in his draft. Do you – because that was a big thing for me when we were talking about the trade deadline on the podcast. I'm not sure why the Pistons would bring in Wiseman when I felt like their front court was pretty set. It, do you think that bringing in Wiseman is a – strong move anyways even if Duran's a good prospect or are you kind of with me where maybe it's you know muddling things a little bit um I don't know I mean I feel like it's always good to bring in a a good prospect but you know at the center position and and I don't know um you know I haven't followed these two players very well so I don't know like anything about them personally but in from what we see in the league right now, I feel like the recruiting multiple stars at, you know, the small forward position, especially like seems to work out, but centers, I don't know. It, I mean, right now we have cat and Rudy Gobert on the Timberwolves paired up kind of a rocky show. Um, and, you know, it seems to, seems just to have a, uh, little bit tougher time working out I think than than maybe other positions on the basketball court so I think it's a good move to bring a good person but it might not pay off like they're hoping it will kind of how the Timberwolves have experienced so far right uh you know I think that's a great comparison you know definitely definitely valid but like you're saying with a young team as much as you know whether they really like Duran as a centerpiece or they just think he's a, a good prospect, you know, it doesn't hurt, especially in that rebuilding phase to bring in as much talent as he can. So, um, right. Uh, especially he might even just be currency, you know, <laughs> for yeah, that's true. Things they want in the future. No. Yeah. Very good point. You know, having, having talent as a rebuilding team is never a bad thing. And I'm probably reading more into it than anyone else really is just because I liked her in that much, but um, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens as we, as we go on. Uh, let's jump to the next game from that Friday slate. We have three games from Friday to talk about and two from Saturday. Uh, the second of those Friday games was a exciting affair in uh, the Miami Dade arena recently renamed. Uh, I think they still have FTX arena on the, the court. I don't know if they've scrubbed that away yet, but um yeah, Miami Dade Arena, the Miami Heat win on a Jimmy Butler alley oop. Uh, they win at 97 to 95 against the Houston Rockets. Kind of surprising that they would be, excuse me, that close of an affair with this Rockets team, but 
that's kind of how it went down for the Rockets. Um, oh, let's see. I, for a second, I'm like, no one for the Rockets scored in double figures, but I had it for first quarter stats for some reason. There we go. So the Rockets, they were led by Jabari Smith Jr., their rookie, 22 points and eight boards. Um, three other guys had double figures, still not a great wealth of scoring for the Rockets. Um, Heat, not too much better, but they had 31 from Tyler Hero with nine boards and eight assists. Um, seems like over the last month or two, he's really taken a step up for Miami. Uh, Bam out of bio, 20 points, nine boards, uh, 16 for Jimmy Butler. And then of course that alley, one of uh, two of those 16 points to help win the game for uh, Miami. Not too much exciting in the box score for either of these teams, other than the fact that it was a close game and they had a nice little uh, exciting finish. So good win for Miami there. Um, let's probably just jump to that next game real quick. Again, not too much to talk about with that Miami game. Let's jump to uh, the third of our Friday games. The uh, Oklahoma City Thunder winning on the road in Portland against the Trailblazers if I can get this loaded here. There we go. Uh, they win that game. Uh, where is it? There it is. 138 to 129. High-scoring affair in Portland. Thunder, uh, another impressive road showing as they continue to improve their standing in the West, trying to make a push for a play-in spot. Uh, again, it was a battle of Shea Gilgis-Alexander versus Damian Lillard. Uh, across the game, it was, you know, several lead changes. There was 19 lead changes in this game. And then in this, the back half of the fourth quarter, the Thunder raced out to get a big lead and managed to take this one on the road. For the trail, yeah, for the Trailblazers, Lillard with 38 points and nine assists, high shooting percentage, including 12 of 13 free throws. Uh, he was supported by 23 points from Jeremy Grant. Uh, four other guys had 10 or more points, but for the Thunder, we mentioned Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 44 points, seven assists, two steals, and a block, including 18 of 19 from the free throw line, and he didn't have any made threes. So a lot of free throws, a lot of you know mid-range and in shots to get 44, very impressive there. Uh, had five other guys with 10 or more points, and uh, the Thunder get that nice win in Portland. Maybe we can talk just a little bit about that matchup between Lillard and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. At the beginning of the season, we would have said kind of the the separation between Lillard, the level of player Lillard is, and the level of player Shea Gilgis-Alexander is, is probably fairly substantial. At this point, both All-Stars and the stats are putting up this season. How close do you think that margin is between those two players? Uh, definitely decreasing. I would say that the margin is definitely decreasing, but I don't know. You know, it's like, it's like comparing, it's tough comparing a, a veteran with a um, up and coming younger guy, I think, because, you know, there's always that veteran like experience and, and edge that kind of comes into play, especially later in the season and playoff runs and stuff. And Lillard hasn't, you know, seen a lot of success in his career in, in playoffs and stuff like that. So maybe it's less pertinent here, but, um, and maybe I'm a little biased cause I like Lillard. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, Shay, I saw some highlights of him this week and he is a great player. He's working his way up. And I think, you know, before long, he's, He's going to be in that same conversation as, you know, Shea time is, is 
<laughs> shade time i like that we can workshop some uh some work names some work names some nicknames and you know but yeah he's he's been a stellar player um i'd say it's pretty close you know and like you said we kind of have some bias you know we've been watching lillard for the past uh seven or eight years and seeing what he's been able to do especially uh i want to say three or four years ago he was absolutely you know on a torrid stretch uh, yeah. as far as his shooting and he's still one of the you know i was talking to somebody about this just the other day about lillard being underrated as a three-point shooter and obviously he's in that same era as um you know steph curry and curry is the greatest three-point shooter of all time you can't really argue that but mm-hmm. lillard lillard is not as far back from curry as some people might think he's he's very good as a three-point shooter he's probably top five all time as well I mean, the range with which he shoots, the volume, the, you know, the stroke itself, as far as, you know, his shooting form, you know, he's a great player. And so, again, we kind of are biased towards Lillard, but SGA has shown a lot of poise. He's pushing this Thunder team to to new heights, kind of exceeding expectations. Yeah, I think it's a a great comparison and a great matchup and a nice win for Oklahoma City uh, on the road. Let's jump to those last two games, uh, the Saturday games. Firstly, um, kind of doing this to remind myself, I don't know why I'm reminding myself of a loss here, the Utah Jazz losing <laughs> in Madison Square Garden against the Knicks, 126 to 120. Um, I had to put this, though, because it was a competitive game. Both teams played fairly well. I think the Jazz maybe made a few uh, mistakes towards the end, but it even if they were playing a little bit sharper, the Knicks probably still could have won this because they were very locked in. They played a great team game. They had some guys in a great shooting rhythm, especially, you know, Brunson and, and the recent addition, Josh Hart. They both had strong games. Um, Knicks had the largest leads of the game. There were some lead changes, but Knicks led throughout most of the game. Uh, for the Jazz, Larry Markinen did his thing. He had 29 points, uh, kind of what you'd expect for the Jazz. Jordan Clarkson added 24 points of his own. Talon Horton Tucker with 23 off the bench. Uh, Walker Kessler had 15 rebounds and two blocks. Continues to be a standout uh, for them as a rookie. But for the Knicks, I mentioned Jalen Brunson, uh, 38 points, especially in that you know second half. He was hard to stop offensively. Julius Randle added 31 points, 20 points for RJ Barrett. Uh, you know those three guys when they're all scoring well and you know, pretty good efficiency. It's good. It's a hard team to beat. They're a good team this year. Uh, Hart adds 11 off the bench, but a lot of that was again, second half, fourth quarter, nice, you know, big moments, big plays. Uh, Hartenstein adds 14 rebounds off the bench as well. Uh, and the Knicks get that win. Uh, maybe we can focus on the Knicks here and uh, this kind of goes with our power rankings conversation a bit, but how do you see the Knicks as we shift towards a postseason conversation, how do you see them shaping out in this Eastern Conference in the postseason? I think they're a really solid team. It's it's hard to uh, it's hard to say that I think they're going to go far uh, as hmm. far as playoff talk goes, just because the East is so strong. Like you know, they're they're sitting in seventh right now in the East. I mean they're looking at facing a solid team, you know, bucks, maybe or the Sixers. And depending on how things change, they could even end up going against the Celtics. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It, I think the Knicks are a great team. I 
don't know if I see them getting out of the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> right. Just kind of the, the wrong year to get, you know, a lot more solid than they've been. Like you said, the East right. is very, very contested. But, um, yeah, I think it's probably the ceiling as far as expectations. If they can, you know, string more wins together, take that next step up, maybe jump into that four or five seed. Maybe they can win a first round series. Um, yeah, especially if they like, like if the Nets find a way to stay a little bit up there and you know they end up facing the nets yeah who just lost all of their stars you know like the the knicks can beat the nets yeah i would say so to the second round you know yeah and and i could say they'd beat the heat they could beat the heat too you know there's there's definitely people in that mid caliber that they can beat yeah yeah he have been have shown themselves to be a little bit volatile this season they've been more stable lately but yeah there's definitely potential there um so yeah i i you know we're kind of on the same page if they can jump into that mid group maybe they get a first round win but outside of that could be tough for them but still you know a hopeful sign for the knicks and those that core is still fairly young randall is kind of maybe in his you know prime-ish years uh still has a little bit before he'll start to see a career downturn but they're still all fairly young and it's a nice uh nice core for the knicks a lot of reason to be excited in new york as a knicks fan uh, let's talk about that last game, the Los Angeles Lakers winning in Golden State against the Warriors. Um, of course, the Warriors still lacking Steph Curry. He's still out with that leg injury, so they're you know, not quite the full power team that could be. Um, still trying to put it together this season. Um, yeah, the Lakers win in Golden State 109-103. to uh, For the Warriors, Jordan Poole, another good game, although the percentages were not stellar he had 29 points uh 15 for clay thompson 13 boards for kavon looney a few other guys in double figures but for the lakers the main story here is the performance of the new additions they were maybe the biggest player as far as the uh trade deadline this past week and you know it looks like their additions are gonna you know be solid for them kind of as we expected uh d'angelo russell with 15 points five boards six assists in his Return to the Lakers, of course, that was the team that drafted him in 2015. Uh, 26 points for Dennis Schroeder. He led the charge for them. Anthony Davis with 13 points, 16 boards. Uh, Hachimura with 16. He's a fairly recent acquisition as well. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt with 12 off the bench, uh, along with eight, re- uh, eight rebounds. Excuse me. Malik Beasley, a tough shooting night, but yeah, still, I think it's a good sign for the Lakers to have a little bit of that increased depth uh, you know, some good signs from the the new additions gelling together. And again, this was, you know, the, the Warriors without Steph Curry, but the Lakers have missed LeBron for the past couple of games, getting some rest after that, uh, you know, career night to break the scoring record. So uh, pretty good signs. That's kind of just why I wanted to focus on this game. You know, good to see the Lakers getting those guys kind of acclimated. Why do you have any comments on this before we jump to the, um, the six men, I guess is what what we're calling it i feel like we should maybe come up with a different name for that but uh yeah any other comments i just hope the lakers can go on a winning streak here and work their way up into a play-in position but that's all i gotta say on the matter (laughs) yeah no fair enough I, i think we're all excited to see you know, what LeBron could do in the playoff scenario, even if it's a play in picture yeah. type type situation. Um, so these six men, I just have a few notes uh, on Friday, the Celtics game on Friday uh, in Boston against the Hornets, Jason Tatum and uh, Derek White combined for 74 points. They both had stellar nights in that game. 
I wanted to get the stat lines, full stat lines, because they both contributed in multiple ways. I mean, Tatum added defense to two blocks and a steal. Derek White also had 10 assists, so they both had stellar games uh, to lead the charge for Boston in that one. Uh, Once again, I'm being a fool and closing the tab when I shouldn't. Um, (laughs) I don't know why I do that. So, yeah, just wanted to highlight that. And then, yeah, I know, (laughs) amateur hour. And it was just a tough weekend for the Hornets because right the next night after they have that strong duo for Boston do that, they face off against the Denver Nuggets in Charlotte. And Jokic has another triple-double, 30 points, 16 boards, 10 assists. The Nuggets are well-rounded, and they they beat the Hornets. And it's like, what what do you do if you're the Hornets? You know, you play the Celtics and the Nuggets. It's like <laughs> kind of expected to, to lose those games. But, yeah, just stellar right. performances for, for all those guys uh, this last weekend. Uh, wanted to just mention that Saturday game, the the day after that uh, Heat Rockets game, the Heat and the Magic in Orlando went to overtime. Uh, the Heat still able to get the win on the road, um, so the Heat had kind of an exciting weekend. Some, you know, their fans maybe needed some uh, some heart medication after that one, but um, yeah. Uh, let's jump to let's see. The Wizards had a great offensive first half uh, on Saturday. Uh, at home against Indiana, they scored 80 points in the first half. So great shooting for them. They had a great all-round performance. I think Beal had 30-something points. Um, Saturday as well, Trey Young rallied or uh, tallied 17 assists at home versus the San Antonio Spurs. Pretty important there. Uh, and then finally from Friday and Saturday, the Mavericks and the Kings played back-to-back games in Sacramento. The first of those, the Mavericks won. Uh, even though they were without Luka Doncic. The second one was the first game of Luka and Kyrie playing together, and the Kings were still able to come up, uh, come out on top in overtime. So just wanted to highlight that as well, the the battle the Mavericks and Kings had this weekend. So uh, otherwise, yeah, definitely yeah. A, very, a very interesting weekend of uh, basketball. We, of course, didn't talk at all about Sunday. There was two games on Sunday. Um, you know, they were fine. But um, Raptors Pistons was pretty close, but of course Sunday we were all watching the Super Bowl, and uh, I guess we should <laughs> right. we, we should give that a shout out right now. Congratulations to the Chiefs for winning again. Um, yeah, I, I don't have to be happy about it, but they won. So <laughs> I know personally, I was cheering for the Eagles, though I didn't really care that much. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like too upset. the The Chiefs are because my favorite team is the Buffalo Bills. They're a heated rival of the Bills, so that's a tough one. But right. um, I mean, they're a heck of a team. Patrick Mahomes, you know, generational quarterback. It's hard to really argue with the results there, I suppose. So, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, regardless, that, that takes care of our, our weekend action. Uh, let's jump to key news. And this, I'm probably going to kind of what we've done in the past a little bit. There's a lot of these names that I need to rattle through as far as transactional things. Because, of course, the trade deadline finished up on Thursday. But the you know second wind of that the the buyout market and you know new free agents is kind of you know <clears throat> really coming into its own here so firstly okay. i wanted to highlight the players that were either released or bought out over the last weekend in the aftermath of the trade deadline for the hornets they uh bought out reggie jackson uh the magic released terrence ross which i was surprised by uh as well as patrick beverly the Pacers released Serge Ibaka, Goga Bitadze, and Terry Taylor. The Rockets released John Wall, Danny Green, and Justin Holiday. 
The Spurs released Stanley Johnson and Dwayne Dedman. The Oklahoma City Thunder released Justin Jackson. The Timberwolves released Bryn Forbes. And the Trailblazers released Greg Brown III. So a couple of names we kind of expected and knew that they would be, uh, you know, buyout market potential. I, again, I'm yeah. surprised a bit by Terrence Ross, but um, with that, let's jump to the rosters and talk about the new signings for teams. Firstly, the Sixers signed Dwayne Dedman to bolster their front court depth a little bit. I don't know how many minutes he'll get, but he's there. Uh, the Cavaliers signed Danny Green, or are expected to sign Danny Green, uh, to strengthen their depth as they start to make their playoff push. Uh, the let's see, got to see the the Magic, the Orlando Magic signed Goga Bitadze as their as a reserve center as well. The Mavericks are expected to sign Justin Holiday. The Nuggets are expected to sign Reggie Jackson. So. Again, a lot of these key names going to some of the top teams, you know, trying to strengthen their rosters as they make a playoff push. Um, the Pistons did sign Stanley Umud, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, to a 10-day contract. Not really a huge free agent acquisition, no offense to Stanley, but um, I was not familiar with your name until today. Um, the, the Let's see, the Rockets – Released and then re-signed Boban Marjanovic, so kind of a a weird one, but he's still there. Um, Spurs signed Gorgie Jang to a rest-of-season contract. The Suns are expected to sign Terrence Ross to help out their uh, wing scoring. The Thunder sign center Olivier Saar to a two-way, uh, two-way contract. Uh, and then finally the Wizards signed Quentin Jackson to a two-way contract. So uh, there's been a couple names that have fallen as far as the buyout market, but that's really been it. Why? any comments real quick as far as players released or some of these free agent signings? There's nothing too major, but maybe Jackson or some of those others are kind of interesting. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Right. I just know that, you know, John Wall was miserable in Houston before, right? And then – yeah <laughs> poor guy he gets sent back there <laughs> that's a good point yeah i remember seeing that and i'm like oh geez now he's back in houston because like yeah. he was he was a big part of the offseason for the clippers like oh we got john wall and now we're going to be great at point guard and he plays what 20 30 games for them right like, so so yeah but he'll he'll definitely be a name to watch as well um and, and yeah I, I i also think it's funny kind of a side note i talked a little bit about the with the trade deadline the fact that a lot of those moves had guys going back to teams they were with before, like George Hill is back in Indiana after he was there with, you know, Paul George. Um, and we have a new one, Danny Green going to the Cavs. People forget that Danny Green was with the Cavs uh, the last season that LeBron was there in his first stint, like before LeBron went to Miami and he was with mm-hmm. the, the Cavs his last year there, Danny Green was on the roster and like, you know, just kind of you forget that because he wasn't he wasn't a great player. He was really, you know, uh, a fringe uh, NBA talent. And then he goes right. to, goes to the Spurs and he becomes, you know, a great shooter and all that. So anyways, just a, a little side note that I thought was interesting. But again, as we've talked about, a lot of more of those kind of dominoes will begin to fall uh, over the next couple of days. So we'll certainly keep you updated on that. Um, with that, let's jump to. um Kind of more the you know, not you know so much a wrap up of news, but like you know more specific news items. Uh, one of them we mentioned, uh, I think it was last episode, 
that four team trade, uh, there's a lot of moving parts in that trade. Sadiq Bay, James Wiseman, Kevin Knox. The key one was Gary Payton II to Golden State. And that trade was potentially at risk of being um, rescinded or vetoed because of uh, uh, some health questions and maybe a failed physical by Gary Payton with the Warriors. Um, what we're seeing now is that trade is actually going to uh, continue and it will you know, be locked in. It will be completed. Um, so Gary Payton, the second will still go to golden state. There's no, you know, guys having to, Oh, you know, psych, we're not trading you. You're back on the team kind of a thing. So, so you don't have to worry about that. Those moves are official now. Sadiq Bay to Atlanta, James Wiseman to Detroit, things like that. But uh, something to still keep an eye out for golden state uh, reportedly is still going to seek compensation uh, because they reported, there's a report that, the Warriors felt they the Trailblazers had withheld information about Gary Payton II's health. Uh, mm-hmm. And if if that's found to be true, I think it's a NBA kind of they intervene and help legislate on that. Portland could be penalized, uh, you know, potentially draft picks or, uh, you know, caps, cap space, something to that effect. So something to keep an eye on as well. Kind of an interesting mm-hmm. note. Yeah. A um, couple of injury notes uh speaking of gary payton second the warriors are still taking him in but they're now you know they have injury concerns with him he's going to be reevaluated in one month he's going to be out now uh with i forget what the exact injury let me double check what that injury is uh let's see abductor he's out for at least a month with an abductor injury he'll be reevaluated at that point so they're gonna have to wait for him to be a contributor for their team um and then devastating news for the Pelicans. Zion Williamson reportedly suffered a setback in his injury rehab, uh, and he's expected to miss multiple additional weeks on top of what we had already expected. So he's out well after the, the All-Star break. Not sure what the exact timetable is for his return. Definitely devastating news for, for both yeah. of those players. Uh, wishing them the best in their uh, recovery and hopeful soon return from injury as, as soon as possible. Um news sort of in the positive on the injury front for the Lakers, LeBron James uh, had a foot scan that's revealed that there's no serious injury to his foot. Uh, Darvin Ham, the Lakers coach expects him to return before the all-star break. So within the next few days, uh, he's just been resting a little bit over the past couple of games. So good that there's nothing serious going on. He just, uh, you know, needed to get that <clears throat> recuperated a little bit um, for Milwaukee, their recent, Trade acquisition, Jay Crowder, he's expected to make his debut with the Bucks after the All-Star break simply because he's uh, getting reconditioned. There had been – he really hadn't played with Phoenix at all this season due to just, you know, personal conflicts with them, contract conflicts, whatever that situation was. So he'll he'll de- debut for the Bucks after the All-Star break. Um, okay, two last new do- news items. Again, I'm kind of running through this real quick, but – um, firstly, the Wizards, uh, Bradley Beal has been fined $25,000 for uh, contact with an official. Reportedly, from what I saw, he was you know running up the floor, bumped into an official, and kind of pushed him. I I don't know. You know, I'd, I'd have to see <laughs> I'd have to see the clip to know exactly the extent of this, but he's fined anyways. Uh, so so there's that. And then finally, uh, congratulations to Derek White and Shea Gilgis Alexander. Uh, for being named the NBA's Players of the Week in the Eastern Conference and Western Conference, uh, respectively. Congratulations to them. 
Uh, Wyatt, any comments on our news items? Uh, again, I apologize for kind of just running through that, but uh, anything no, it's all good. anything worth kind of commenting on before we move to the next part? I think Crowder could be a really good addition to the Bucks. We'll see, but I think it has some good potential there. Yeah, I agree. And I thought it was odd that he wasn't playing for Phoenix. You yeah. Know? I, again, we don't have all the answers as far as what that dispute was, but he's been a productive player. And, you know, with Miami in 2020 and Phoenix mm-hmm. in 2021, he was a starting piece for finals teams. He's got a, you know, he's yeah. a great player. We've liked him, of course, in his jazz days. So, yeah, I think it could Hopefully be a great he doesn't finish. have a chip or anything that, you know, yeah, campers, bucks, you know, ability to gel or whatever. But, I don't. I don't think that's the case. I. I assume it was specific to the Suns and the situations going on there. Yeah. No. I. Th- I think it's Suns. I would agree. Suns specific. But yeah, definitely going to be exciting to see what he brings to Milwaukee. Um, okay. So let's go ahead and talk uh, your game previews. Get you ready for the next week of NBA action uh, right before the All Star break and a little bit of the All Star break itself. Uh, the times I will give for these games are in the Eastern Standard Time. So just be aware of that. On Tuesday, we have five games total on Tuesday uh, and a TNT doubleheader. On se- at 7.30, Boston Celtics in Milwaukee against the Bucks. That's going to be a great one to watch. Those are maybe the, the two best teams in the NBA right now. Tatum versus Giannis, that's going to be a great matchup. And then at 10 o'clock, the Golden State Warriors in L.A. against the Clippers. That one, I will say, is not going to be as good as Celtics-Bucks, but it could still be interesting. Um you know, Warriors again without Steph Curry. Clippers getting some new talent acclimated. Maybe you watch it for that, see what the Clippers can do with their kind of retooled roster. Uh, but regardless, both games are still interesting, but I would definitely recommend Celtics Bucks. That should be a great one. Uh, then Wednesday, we have 10 games total on Wednesday and an ESPN doubleheader. Firstly, at 7.30, the Miami Heat in Brooklyn against the Nets. And then at 10 o'clock, the New Orleans Pelicans in Los Angeles against the Lakers. Uh Heat Nets, you know, good Eastern Conference matchup. We've talked about the Nets not as strong as they were just a few weeks ago because of the trade deadline, but they've got good wings. They have a team that maybe they have a chip on their shoulder. Oh, a lot of us are, you know, the afterthoughts of these superstar trades. Maybe we can make some noise as far as keeping the Nets relevant, keeping that ship afloat, you know, failing it into the playoffs. We'll have to see what they they make of it. Heat, of course, we've talked about they're still trying to keep them – you know, keep their heads where they're at in the, the Eastern Conference race. And then Pelicans, Lakers, um, I, you know, I'd have to say the Lakers stand a pretty good chance. The Pelicans, they've just continued to struggle. And this devastating news for Zion Williams, and I feel like it could, you know, affect them. But we'll have to see what happens, you know. Um, two other games that I would recommend, these are both league pass at 7 o'clock. So I, I guess pick one of these two. Uh, one of them would be Chicago Bulls in Indiana, Indianapolis against the Pacers. The Bulls-Pacers, that's a great classic Central Division rivalry, and those two teams are pretty closely matched in the Eastern Conference, teams that are trying to um, atone for recent you know, slippage in the standings. They've got some players back. They're kind of you know, re-gelling a little bit, see what those teams can do. And then the other game, is some more highly competitive teams, the Ca- the Cavaliers in Philadelphia against the 76ers. Uh, behind the Bucks and Celtics, those are probably your two best Eastern Conference teams. That should be a great matchup as well. 
Um, on Thursday, we have three games total on Thursday. This is the last of your regular season games before the All-Star break. And we'll give you two, the TNT doubleheader on Thursday. At 7.30, the Milwaukee Bucks in Chicago against the Bulls. And then at 10 o'clock, the LA Clippers in Phoenix against the Suns. Uh, for Bucks and Bulls, again, you know, same storylines as I mentioned before with some of these games. Central Division rivalry, but also, you know, good Eastern Conference teams. Bucks certainly above the Bulls by a big margin right now. Maybe the Bulls can upset them and kind of atone for that playoff series last year. Um, you know, whatever small silver lining that would be. And then for the uh, Clippers visiting the Suns, uh, see if the Clippers, again, they they can kind of build that momentum. The Suns are still now in a mode where they're going to be waiting for Durant's return, but they have Booker and Chris Paul still to uh, kind of keep the shift going as well. So, so a lot of great games to look out for. On Friday, we have the start of our uh, All-Star Weekend action. 7 o'clock on ESPN is the celebrity game that's going to be going on at the Huntsman Center. That, of course, is the arena for the uh, the Utah Utes, uh, the University of Utah. Uh, so that we'll have games and events between both arenas, the Huntsman Center, and then, of course, Vivint Arena, where the Jazz play the main arena itself. Uh, so the celebrity game is at 7, and it's in the Huntsman Center. Uh, and then and TNT at 9 o'clock are the Rising Stars games. Remember, there's going to be three games. Uh, it's kind of a mini tournament. You'll have G League players, rookies, sophomores, uh, NBA, uh, former NBA All-Stars, our coaches. It should be a great, uh, you know, a lot of fun to see that rising talent uh, in those games. And then the celebrity game, we made the joke last time, but if you want to see D-list celebrities playing basketball <laughs> and, uh, you know, doing that thing, then you can watch that game. So, yeah, I'm excited. Why I'm sure you're excited for, you know, All-Star Weekend as well, but um, – mm-hmm if you had to pick one or two of these games just before the break that you're interested in watching, what would they be? Right. I mean, you highlighted Celtics bucks. I think that's the obvious one that, you know, most people would be wanting to tune into this week. Mm. Cause like you said, arguably the two best teams in the, in the league, uh, definitely in the East. Uh, other than that, I think that the Cavaliers and 76ers game is mm-hmm. going to be a really solid one. Uh, you know, watch, you know, James Harden face off Donovan Mitchell. I've got some, you know, two really solid guards in that game going against each other. Uh, and then of course you have Embiid, who is always entertaining to watch. Uh, yeah, that that'll be a really solid game. And then, you know, Clippers and Suns could be interesting. It would be more interesting after the return of KD, you know, post All-Star break. But uh, I think it'll still be a very good game. So those would be kind of my top three. Yeah, no, I agree. I think those are all going to be great games. You mentioned, yeah, Clipper Suns is like kind of a game on hold. Later on, that will be a really exciting game to watch. But right now, it could still be interesting, though. And I would kind of highlight that as far as, you know, what do the Suns look like if, you know, if and when Durant is out, of course, we're waiting for Durant to return. But we've seen in the past, you know, sometimes these injuries hold them out longer than you'd hope. And maybe you have to make it work with what you have. And so it could be interesting to watch right. um, as far as that goes. But, yeah, uh, I would agree. I would also, um, you know, I kind of already hyped up Bulls Pacers a little bit. But, uh, again, one of those under the radar games as far as teams that are, you know, struggling, but would be a very, you know, 
competitive matchup. And with that, I'm, you know, as the resident old head of the show, I'm thinking, you know, Reggie Miller versus Michael Jordan. And, uh, you know, I guess at that point, you might as well pull up those, you know, 98 playoffs on YouTube and watch that <laughs> game. But uh, no, I think it'd still be a great game. But yeah, a lot of great games this weekend, regardless. And uh, with the start of All-Star Weekend, we're, we're both, of, of course, looking forward to that, uh, as are most of you, I imagine. Um, okay, we, we've talked a bit about kind of where these teams are at standings-wise in relation to these games. So let's use that as our segue to the power rankings. We have our latest edition of the power rankings uh, at the close of week 17. Um, Wyatt, as usual, I'll kind of let you lead off and I'll say that we've, it looks like we've aligned a little bit more than maybe we did last, last week, last week with the voice crack. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I'll let you take it away from there. All right. Um, in my top group, not a lot of movement. I did swap Bucks and Nuggets, so Celtics are still one, and I moved Bucks up to two and Nuggets down to three. Uh, you know, I I had hesitated to move the Nuggets into second above the Bucks for a few weeks, but then they made that jump with the Bucks slump, and they stayed there for quite a while. But now the Bucks are picking up again and you know in my opinion I see the Bucks as a better overall team than the Nuggets and I love the Nuggets and I think they're phenomenal but it seems like the Bucks just have a little bit more sheer manpower mm. uh, so I did move them up although obviously the Bucks and the Celtics can't both go to the finals so uh, you know, the Nuggets very well could make it farther than the Bucks. Right. Um, no change in three through five, Sixers, Cavs, Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. And then I had the Mavericks move up two spots, and the Kings moved up three, and the Heat moved up four. All three of those teams played very solid in the last week. Mavericks and Kings three and one, and the Heat are three and oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know they're the the West is still super tight, but maybe maybe we're gonna see a couple of these teams start to pull away a little bit. I mean the Grizzlies have a couple games lead, but you know Kings down to Lakers basically, you know five yeah. games. They're so really tight West, but you know I could see the Mavericks and Kings. Probably not the Heat, but maybe. But you know, they yeah. might they might start moving up a little bit, getting away from the lower pack. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of bigger changes here. The Nets dropped eight. I guess I should say the Clippers dropped three. Uh, you know, that was more a result of other teams doing well as opposed to them doing poorly. I think the Clippers are still solid. They were one and two for the week, so they had a losing record. But, you know, I I think they're still a great team. They just kind of got bumped by some other teams that did a little better. Mm. Um, Suns moved up. Pelicans moved up. Don't know how that that probably is not going to last, especially with the news of Zion. But Nets Mm. moved down a bunch (laughs) because, uh, one, they had a losing record. They went one and three. But also... 
you know, thinking long-term, my outlook changed drastically for them as far as playoffs go. Yeah. Um, with the, you know, dispersal of KD and Kyrie. I mean, it's been so fun watching Cam Thomas come out of nowhere and be incredible, but uh, I don't see them as a, as a legitimate prospect for going super far in the playoffs anymore. Mm-hmm. Timberwolves moved down a couple. Thunder moved up a few. You know, really, there's not much, nothing really interesting to say going down. Warriors still in kind of a slump, but that's been, that's been kind of the trend in the last couple weeks. Um, but you know, hopefully we can see them pull out of that. Uh, with you know, hopefully Steph can, when he gets back in, can start lifting them a little bit. Other than that, my I mean, not a lot of changes in the bottom group, mostly mm-hmm. in kind of that middle middle pack area where we saw some movement. Right. Well, and more and more every week we go, we see, you know, things get a lot more hard set as far as, you know, especially that bottom group. And it becomes kind of like, okay, you're talking a, a 22 and 40 team versus a 21 and 38 team and you know, they can kind of get muddled together. And so I understand. That, right. You know, but, and it's um, like, is it even worth talking about? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Kinda... As, as, as sad My as it is to say, and yeah, we, we don't want to discount what those teams are doing, but it is easier to focus on these top groups and what they're doing for sure. Um, I would also say, you know, people who've listened to the past and, you know, long time viewers would, or listeners right, know that Wyatt, is kind of more tuned into long-term and, you know, what these teams are, you know, projections as far as what he thinks these teams will legitimately do. And that's where, especially in this last week, his power rankings are a lot more uh, locked in, in that aspect compared to mine. If we're going to go to my power rankings, I still technically have the Brooklyn Nets at number eight, which they have an overall record, to show that they fell a couple spots because of their poor record this week. But if we're going to be realistic, you know, I'm sure they'll end up more where Wyatt has them over the next couple of weeks. So, um, you know, just kind of the different ways that both of us have done that. Wyatt probably write a little more quickly than I will be, but um, regardless, that's just kind of the, you know, I've, I've taken kind of the overall what they've done this season uh, and specifically this last week, as far as their moves, um, but yeah, certainly those trade deadline moves will impact these. Uh, as far as my standings, I moved the Celtics back up to one. We debated Celtics Bucks last week as far as who, or Celtics Nuggets last week as far as who could be one. Uh, I had put the Nuggets up there, and now the Nuggets have fallen to three for me. Nuggets didn't necessarily do anything wrong. They were two and one, not a bad week, but Celtics four and zero, oh, Bucks three and zero, oh, and they've made a strong push. They're in a tougher conference this season. So that's, you know, we're both in agreement there. I have Cavs four, Sixers five. Again, Wyatt probably seeing the Sixers have a little bit greater overall talent and star power. So both are valid, you know, takes. You could have either way, Cavs four, Sixers four. Cavs had a better week, though. They were four and oh, so that's why I moved them up in front of the Sixers. Uh, Grizzlies, Kings, Nets, Nets slide down. Grizzlies and Kings move up. And then the Miami Heat and Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks moving up three spots. They're influenced a little bit by the Kyrie trade. They also had a good week. They were three and one. So they round out my uh, my top ten for this week. 
Suns and Knicks just outside the picture. They had good weeks. They're in the the running to jump into that top 10. Clippers, the biggest faller for me. They fell four spots, one and two. And I think the questions around their point guard situation, now that they've gotten rid of John Wall and Reggie Jackson, of course, they're a mm-hmm. buyout player, but that's a, a question for me and that you know drops the Clippers quite a bit. Uh, Hawks move up. Good week, but more just, you know, teams kind of fell, and so they were able to move up a little bit more easily. Uh, Yeah, Timberwolves, Jazz slipped, Warriors slipped a bit. Bulls fell three spots. They're now just barely above. uh, Bulls and Pacers are the two above our infamous bottom five group that has kind of been locked (laughs) in stone for several weeks. Uh, That bottom five, of course. Uh, We did have a change. Both of us actually made the same change. So the Rockets are still last, but instead of Pistons second to last, it's now Spurs because they are on like an 11-game losing streak. They've really been struggling. Yeah. Pistons move above them, then the Hornets and the Magic. 13-game losing streak. 13, oh, it's even worse. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a 13-game losing streak. Wyatt, I apologize. The Spurs are, you know, like one of your favorites along with the Jazz you've mentioned. Yeah. Um, I mean, hey, they're just strengthening their chances at – when Benyama, right? Yeah, you know, this is just one of those years you chew, you you kind of cheer for another team of your choosing, <laughs> even though <laughs> one of your favorites. Yeah, for sure. Not that the Jazz are doing that much better, but <laughs> yeah, let's uh let's start being like Sixers fans or something. That'll be that'll yeah. be easier. But no, yeah, yeah, even the Lakers aren't doing well. You know, all of the teams that I somewhat cheer for are just like, well. Not, not doing well at all. Yeah, they has <laughs> been a tough year. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I, overall, mine, fairly similar to Wyatt's. You know, that's kind of par for the course. But again, the Nets, big difference between us. But I'm sure the Nets will fall more to where Wyatt has them over time. Uh, but that's what our power rankings are look like, looking like. Of course, we will post our uh, both of our top tens to the Instagram page. Seems like a good time, as good a time as any, to plug the Instagram page. That's uh, crossover across time, all one word, no caps. Uh, we post content from the show, like power rankings, as well as our weekly MVP, which we'll name in just a moment. Uh, we also do our best to like and share content from uh, all the NBA teams, uh, NBA news, history, facts, things like that. So kind of your one-stop shop for NBA uh, news, as well as a touch of history. So definitely follow that if you're supporting the show. Kind of gives you a little bit of supplemental material if you will. But um, with that, that takes care of our power rankings. And we mentioned we'll talk our our MVP. Let's jump to that as well. Uh, Our MVP this week, uh, I'll talk a little bit about the criteria. What we do every week is we pick, uh, of course, statistical standout players, guys who had great weeks scoring, rebounding, dishing out the ball, defending, all those things. A lot of, you know, great stats are important, but we also focus on guys that had winning records you know, good plus minus and efficient percentages, you know, not just, oh, they scored a bunch of points, but they went 0-3. We want to see players that impacted winning for their teams within the week, as well as great individual performances. Um, Our candidates this week, uh, we have 10 every week. They are Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jalen Brunson, John Morant, De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell, Nicole Jokic, and Jason Tatum. Um, I'll apologize to Derek White. Again, he was player of the week in the Eastern Conference, and that was well-deserved. Um, I have Tatum above him, simply better overall stat line, at least I thought. And 
I don't know if Derek White would be as competitive as far as a weekly MVP among some of these other names, but we'll give him some props here. He still had a great week and uh, has been a great player for the Celtics this season, especially over this last week. So, so props to him, but um, why I will say, I feel like I already have my pick uh, kind of locked in, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts looking at our board this week. All right. Do you want to hear my thoughts first or do you want to share your pick first? Uh, You go for it because I want to see where you're thinking and see if we end up kind of lining up or if we have some differences. Okay. Yeah, so I have a couple names standing out to me. Um, One is Giannis. Uh, You know, great stat line across the board. Really, like... The only thing, well, I guess kind of two things that are kind of holding them back for me is three-point percentage, which is consistently bad, so it's not really that big of a deal, especially because he makes up for it in so many other aspects. You know, his game just isn't built around a three. Mm-hmm. But also, he only played, like, barely 30 minutes, like, not quite 30 minutes a game, versus most of these other guys are looking at, you know, 37, 38, 39 minutes a game, mm-hmm. which on one hand, you, you got to say like, dang, it's impressive. He's, you know, scoring 32 points, pulling in 11 boards and doing all this and only, you know, in, in about 10 minutes less than some of the other guys. Mm-hmm. But also it's like, I want to see him playing a little bit more. So I don't know. That's kind of a pro and con. Really, he's he's solid all all around. I could definitely see my pick going to him. Another really solid one is Jokic. Um, he always has great numbers. Uh, his turnovers are a little higher than I than he has been in the past, but I mean he dished eleven assists compared to a four turnovers, so he still is like, I think the highest ratio of all of our uh, candidates here as far as assists to turnovers go. Yeah. Um and then there was one other person that stood out. Uh oh, Embiid. Embiid had a great week all across the board. Not a ton of assists, but not that's not something we expect from him really. Mm. Uh but his defense was great, almost two steals and a block per game. Um pretty good percentages overall. Uh you know, a three point isn't great but it's decent for a big man yeah so uh yeah those those would probably be my top three on on a quick glance here okay it's maybe it sounds like you might have Jokic over Giannis is that correct or are they kind of all pretty close um I would I would have them all fairly close I, I could easily be swayed to any of those three gotcha no, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to let you go first so I didn't influence your picks by any you know way. I when I was putting the board together, and maybe it's because I'm you know doing the thing where oh we didn't pick him last week, so I kind of want to pick him this week. But Giannis, regardless, had a great week, and he's the guy I was had in mind as far as I'd like to see him get it. You know, okay, he, his team was three and zero. I think that's a great fact plus minus of 15, you know, plus 15, that's stellar. And you mentioned the minutes thing. And like you said, you can argue it both ways. I would argue that, yeah, you know, to put up 32 points and 10 
10 boards in 30 minutes compared to, you know, like you said, some guys playing eight or nine more minutes per game. Think of what he did, what he could have potentially done with 39 minutes a game, how, right. how stellar he would have been. But you, you already hit on that point. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll make an addition to that point real quick. Okay. With their record being three and zero, the low minute I feel like the low minutes like negative side of the argument kind of goes away a little bit because mm. like you know I, I said I'd like to see him playing more minutes, but really you know it on a winning record like that where you're undefeated for the week that that kind of goes away. I I sh- I said that out of you know general generalization of like you should play more when you're the star to get your team the wins but obviously they already had the win you know and he doesn't need to be playing the entire the entire game you know so so i i'll maybe retract my negative argument in this scenario for like the low minutes well uh stenographer will strike that from the record <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> um no yeah so so we're kind of lining up there and then i guess because we talked about a couple times with Giannis, for some reason the turnovers have been kind of high at times this season and it was a lot better this week only yeah. three turnovers a game to compared to nearly seven assists that's pretty good i mean that's a that's a decent assist to turnover ratio for for most guards so I think yeah. that kind of amends the concern we've had before. Defense, the defensive traditional stats aren't as high as we've seen in the past, but it's still not bad. One steal a game, 0.3 blocks. Um, you, know, you mentioned three-point percentage. We don't expect it from Giannis, but 28% from Giannis is pretty okay-ish overall. You know, the minutes, yeah. I, I feel like, I mean, I would lobby heavily for Giannis, but the more you talk about Jokic, I find myself biased simply because we've already picked him twice, but it's like, how can you argue against it? (laughs) I know. His stats are so great. (laughs) It's unbelievable. 26 points, 13 boards, 11 assists. Almost two blocks. I got to just throw that in there. Yeah, and he's normally not a defensive standout. And he's getting the blocks there. Like you said, turnover's a touch high, but still not bad. 50% from three-point range. It's like, what do you do? Yeah, he he was plus 23 this last week average i mean unreal so like it's tough to argue against that so those would be my top two and he again was pretty low minutes i mean 33 yeah a a few more minutes than Giannis, but like he was putting up a lot of stats and and not as many minutes as some of these other guys as well yeah i mean the only really knock compared to Giannis. Jokic compared to Giannis is that Jokic lost a game this this week right yeah we're gonna use you know compare him this week alone but it's tough you know and And I I gotta bring up a question here this is totally off uh subject was Darren Fox's three-point percentage really 7.7 I I was wondering if you were gonna notice that no that's not a typo yes 7.7 percent from three (laughs) wow (laughs) how many did he have to shoot to get that low yeah, that's a good question. I'm gonna look that up. Um, maybe while you're doing, while I'm doing that, if you want to give any props to any of these other guys before we inevitably uh, eliminate them from contention. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, I'll give some props to the Donovan Mitchell here. He was a hundred percent from the free throw line this last week. So very true. Uh, you know, impressive there. His, you know, other than that, his percentages were a little lacking. At least the three three-point percentage but 
mm-hmm. you know, I'm here to give props on the good things, not tear down the guys that we've already eliminated from the race. Yeah. So <laughs> good job on the hundred percent there. Uh, you know, that's very impressive. And Pascal Siakam, great percentages uh, throughout the week, 61% field goal percentage, almost 70 from three point land. And, you know, mm-hmm. 77 from field free throw is, you know, not incredible, but, uh, you know, still respectable. Mm-hmm. So great job, Pascal. Yep. So I've, I've got that stat for you. He was one of 13 from the floor from, or wow. from three for 7%. <laughs> so, great job, Darren. Hey, you won it, la- <laughs> he won it last week, so like, I know. <laughs> you can't dog him too much. But, yeah, definitely not a great week. Um, trophy back. yeah we're gonna rescind <laughs> his name from the no uh yeah all, a lot of these guys of course everyone of these guys had great weeks but so now mm-hmm. it looks like we're locked into either Giannis or Jokic yeah um and, again, and there's I'm, not a clear answer <laughs> like they're both pretty close and I'm you know I'm pulling for Giannis simply I'm doing that thing that we try not to do where it's like oh he hasn't won it yet this year I want to give it to him but it's like, I don't know. Right. The The but, hardest thing for me is seeing Jokic have a breakout defensive week and Giannis having a lackluster defensive week, compared, you know, compared to their norms. Yeah. Otherwise, I would be like, you know, yeah, let's just choose Giannis because, you know, his stats are super impressive. He hasn't won it yet, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nickel, you know, Jokic is doing the things that he always does with, you know, a ton of assists and a ton of rebounds. Mm. It's just the dang defensive stats that like are really like kind of yeah. muddying the water for me. Well, and that plus minus is pretty spectacular. I would proffer to say yeah. that's the best plus minus average we've seen of any of these. Yeah, I think MVP it is. Candidates. I think it's our only 20s, isn't it? I well, I would have to say well, but it's strange though if we think about it. So he was plus twenty three average over these games. How do they lose a game? You know. Yeah, I know that's that's true. Let's look that up. See if we can, if I can build a case against. I, I don't hate Jokic, but like I want I want Giannis to win. What did what <laughs> yeah. did Jokic do to lose this? They lost to the Magic. Ooh. They lost to the Orlando Magic. Oh my! Let's see. He was still a plus eight in that game. 29, 12, and six assists. Seven turnovers. Failure. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, um, right. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the magic. Props to them. It looks like it was the bench that won the game for the magic in that one. All four, four of their bench guys were plus 16 or higher in their plus minus. And then four of the Nuggets guys were negative 16 or higher in their plus minus. So, mm-hmm. like, the Magic bench just throttled the Nuggets bench. So, I guess that's not really a knock against Jokic, but um, they still lost. So, I'm going to use it as a... <laughs> yeah, and to the Magic, so... Yeah, they lost the Magic. No offense, Orlando fans. Your team is still... They're, they're better than you'd think, but they're not that great. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I still want to pull for Giannis. Is that yeah? I'm I'm up for giving it to Giannis this week too. The undefeated record, yeah. You know the the stats he was able to put up in less than thirty minutes a game. Mm. 
I think that's a very reasonable choice. Well, and even with Giannis winning it this week, Jokic is still our only multiple-time winner. So. Right, and I would be shocked if he did not win it again. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, the way, at some point throughout the season. The way he's playing, you know. So, yeah. again, we're maybe guilty of that, you know, voters folly with MVP awards of, oh, he'll win it again eventually and, you know, never know when a guy's time is up, but we're making a pretty safe bet here when it's a week to week basis. So, right. And it'll be interesting as we look back at the end of the season on our trophy and like, cause we, we had talked about, you know, how our trophy is going to compare to the league's MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting to see like, you know, how many times each of them win it you know, with Tatum and uh, Giannis both only having one now. Um, but all of them, all three of these guys, Jokic, Tatum, and Giannis, being, you know, in the conversation every single week. Like, how many times have we had Jokic and I and Tatum, yeah, all of them, are mm-hmm. like, man, which one do we give it to? This this guy or this other person that had a really great week, but doesn't necessarily every week, you know, because <laughs> like yeah. we have a lot of those guys that have won because they had a phenomenal week and, you know, bet a better week than, than these other guys. But these guys are always in the conversation. So I think that's something that, you know, we got to give them credit for. Yeah, absolutely. I would say those three, um, I mean, yeah, like Giannis, Jokic and I guess Tatum, but probably Jokic and Giannis have been there the most. Yeah. And I'd say Jokic of the two has been there the most, but um, yeah, I agree. Well, and it's the same kind of group and it's interesting how often Jalen Brunson has been in the mix and he, yeah. was, not, he was not an all-star, which I, I know, still find true. shocking. But um, yeah, so we've, so we've locked that in. We've got number 17, Giannis and Tenacumpo. I'm showing it to Wyatt here. It's, scrawled beautiful across the whole like his long last <laughs> name i did spell it correctly i amazingly enough can spell on tanakumpo but um congratulations Giannis, well deserved um three and a week we mentioned you know 32 and 10 is stellar week 17 mvp Giannis. uh if you want to pick up the trophy i'm curious if they're going to be in utah anytime soon the bucks uh or well, he's going to be here for All Star Weekend. Yeah, perfect opportunity. Come pick it up. Uh, come hang out. You know that'll be great uh, to see you. Congratulations again for winning our weekly MVP. And uh, again, we'll be it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we'll maybe have to. Hmm, what should we do with this ne- these next couple of weeks? Because week uh, nineteen is going to be like three short. games yeah, yeah. It, it, or three days it's it's gonna be short anyways we'll we'll talk off of the podcast about what our solution will be for that but uh otherwise congratulations again let's jump to our last uh note for today's episode and that's our this day in history fact this day in history uh february 13th comes from 1977 uh february 13th of 1977 Julius Irving playing in his first NBA All-Star game. Of course, he played in several ABA All-Star games before that. His first NBA All-Star game, he was voted MVP following a 30-point, 12-rebound performance, despite his East team losing 125-124 to 
in that all-star game. So definitely something cool. I'm actually, I might've mentioned it once or twice. I'm doing this little personal project where I'm looking back through NBA rosters and uh, kind of documenting them. And I'm in this era of the mid to late seventies, right? Where the NBA ABA merger happened. And it's a very interesting uh, time. So just kind of a side note. Mm. Um, but regardless, I think that uh, takes care of anything uh, of everything. I want to thank everyone again for, uh, listening to the show, supporting the podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, I'll turn it over to Wyatt for any closing thoughts or regards. Yeah, everyone uh, enjoy this week of basketball. we got a couple of really solid games that I know I'm going to try and uh, catch some of them. And All-Star Weekend is, you know, I know All-Star Weekend is one of those things where you either love it or think it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> but, uh <laughs> So whoever you are, do you hate on it or love it this there you go. <laughs> this weekend? I like that. Be be yourself, I guess. But um, yeah, and love uh, yourself. Love yourself. No, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I echo that uh, again. Thanks for listening. And uh, tomorrow's show, of course, we'll do our normal. Uh, you know, summarize tonight Monday's action, the latest news, and we'll talk award chases again. Uh, but we might restructure the Tuesday show going forward. Again, just something to keep an eye out for. But uh, regardless, thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with you on tomorrow's show.